Hello and welcome to the International Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Fdot. I am an elite triathlete. My goal for this podcast is to shed a little light on the elite draft legal and short course triathlon racing scene by providing news and sharing stories you won't normally hear from athletes all over the world. So let's talk about it. Hello and welcome to this week's news episode on the International Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Nate F. Dot. I'm an elite triathlete and with me is Jeremy from Canada. He can juggle, but not that well. Jeremy, how are you doing? Doing great. Still working on my juggling. Yeah. Well, it'll come along if you keep practicing. But anyways, let's Absolutely. jump right into the news. Uh, we only have one race result to go over from last week and I was there at this race. I was in the elite men's race. Didn't have a great race, but I gave a bunch of excuses. You can listen to the last episode and hear all those, but I'm not going to go over them again. <laughs> Anyways, um, we're going to start with the women's results and I'm going to go straight to our predictions. So Jeremy predicted Ooh. Dominica Jamaniki from Canada for the win, Gwen Jorgensen for second and Katie Zafiris for third. Decent, decent picks. And then mine were Gwen for the win. And then the Mexican athlete, uh, Anija Alvarez-Corrala for second. And then I also picked Dominika Jaminiki from Canada for third. Um, Jeremy, how, how did you do? Yeah, maybe let's just tell people the results first so they can sort of uh, know what we're talking about here. Oh, so yeah. The actual... The actual top three finishers in this race were first Katie Zafiris, second mm-hmm. Gwen Jorgensen, third Emily Kretz, and fourth, I'll just have to mention because we said her name, was was Dominika Jamnicki. Yeah. Uh, and so she came in, ranked first into this race, but did finish fourth. I was actually pretty impressed with how I did. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the names that I picked were the ones that stood out, you know, and they have pretty strong backgrounds mm-hmm. and uh, performances to, to back it up in the sport. Mm-hmm. But, you know... My three predictions were all in the top four, and I had two of them on the podium, so uh, I'm going to be pretty happy with that. Yeah, that's pretty solid. I did not do as well. I predicted Gwen for the win. I really thought this was going to be her race, but it turns out it was Katie Zafiris' race. She, I actually got to watch the women's race because there was delays. There's a huge thunder-lightning storm like two hours before the race. We were all just like sitting at our hotels or airbnbs there's just lightning and just rain just coming down from the heavens super hard and we're like are we even gonna race today and they're like no it's gonna be gone in a couple hours this is how it is in missouri and they were right and it was totally gone and it was like sunny and dry for the race like the road was actually dry which was crazy um but they pushed all the races back an hour so i got to the venue a little bit early and I watched the women's race, and Katie came out of the water a little over 20 seconds ahead of a chase pack, which included Gwen Jorgensen. I'm pretty sure Gwen came out of the water second. I don't know if I have video of it, but she was second or third out of the water. There was a group of them right there, all tightly bunched together, but they just couldn't catch Katie. Every lap, I just watched Katie go by, and the gap just kept getting bigger and bigger. I would say it was like 10 to 15 seconds a lap. Um, I think part of that was 
uh, Gwen was with two Canadians initially on like the first lap, and then a group which I want to say was led by Erica Holly from Bermuda. She was really pushing the pace, and she caught um, the Gwen group of with the two Canadians, and Erica brought like three or four girls with her, and then on the third lap, Dominica from Canada broke away with an American. I think it was um, Gabriella Lumez from America. I'm pretty sure went with her, but it was literally just Dominique just smashing it. And uh, she caught that second pack from the third pack. And then she still had a super solid run off that. So yeah, but it was pretty much the Katie show. She had the third fastest 5k split um, after the Mexican athlete, um, Aniha, which I predicted, but she got disqualified for not serving a penalty. Not sure what penalty she got, but yeah, didn't, wasn't a factor in the race in the end. And then, um, yeah. Gwen with the second fastest time. Gwen, second fastest 5k, Katie, third fastest 5k. So yeah, it was awesome. (laughs) Yeah. What do you, what do you make of of Katie still putting in time to that chase group every single lap. Like what did the course look like to sort of allow that? Yeah. One versus N. Well, I talked to Katie after the race actually, and she said she pretty much just swam scared, bike scared, and ran scared the whole race. <laughs> and I'm like, Katie, you're an Olympic medalist. Like what you you were awesome. Like I can't believe you I, I just couldn't believe she was scared like biking and stuff because the gap was just going out. It was a pretty flat course to be honest there's like a slight hill that you hit from a couple different angles and it was only like 100 meters maybe like four or five percent it wasn't very steep i think what contributed to answer your question to her breaking away well not breaking away yeah. but putting in more time was the gwen group um getting caught by the erica holly group mm-hmm. and then just Having to re- reorganize yeah you know, who's taking turns and yeah i could see that yeah, and then just people not working together and the dynamic. I, I think there was a few people who wanted to work and then a lot of people who didn't. So when that dynamic happens and Katie's just out there, obviously in really good form, yeah, that's what happened, I out think. Of, out of curiosity, could you see very far ahead on the bike course or do you think Katie was completely out of sight from this from this? Um, there's a couple spots where you could be out of sight, but there's also a stretch that was... Well, the stra- the longest straight was actually, there was a slight bend in it, so maybe you could be slightly out of sight, but there were straightaways that were really long, and there was U-turns, so there was definitely U-turns on the course where you- there's three U-turns on the course, so you can definitely gauge at a I few see. of them how close or far you were. Because in my race, I was using the U-turns to see if the front pack was getting further ahead of me, and it was, and it was really sad. Um, But yeah, there's definitely spots on the course where you can see the person gaining more time on you. And I don't know what the conversations were like or if there were any, but maybe Gwen should have, I don't know if she, like, she didn't mention it in her video that I watched, but maybe as an experienced athlete, she should say to the other girls, we're not going to catch Katie unless we work together or something like that. I don't know if that would have helped, yeah. but who knows? Maybe, maybe she did. Maybe she did try to rally the yeah. troops and it just didn't work out. But I was I, I was asking that just because, you know, once the, once the top, like that front athlete is out of sight, it's they're usually out of mind as well. And yeah. So people just start racing for second and they're like, I'm not going to, you know, ruin my legs mm-hmm. for the run trying to chase someone we're not going to catch. So yeah there's a lot of things that's true yeah no that's a good point jeremy and 
Yeah, I, I see that. But honestly, Katie looked amazing the whole day. And Sweet. I'm excited to see what she does at Yokohama if she starts there. Let me actually see if she's starting there. Um, no, she's on the start list for a European Triathlon Cup in Italy, mm. um, May 13th. So it would be interesting because the European Cups will definitely have a little bit steeper of a competition. But... Yeah, I, I think Katie's just going to get better and better. She looked really strong at this race, and she's just going to, yeah. Like I said in the last episode, she's going to keep getting faster, and I'm excited to see her back on the podium at the World Series level. Hot take, Katie's going to be on the podium at the World Series before Gwen is. <laughs> but not to say Gwen's not going to be on the podium at the World Series. I think she will, but Katie's going to be there first. Hey, that's also a hot take, but... Cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Okay, cool. Well, should we go into the men's race? Let's do it. Um, I, maybe I'll, I'll just read the results off um, yeah. while you get our predictions. Yeah, and go so for it. First, we had Charles Paquet from Canada taking the win. In second, we had Jamie Briand. And in third, we had Dar Smith uh, from the U.S. Mm -hmm. So on paper, doesn't look like that interesting of a podium. Those were the top three ranked athletes in the race, and they were all top three on the podium. So... Yeah, but it was it was an interesting race. My prediction of it all coming together didn't really pan out because I think it was just yeah, maybe the course was a little bit harder. I don't know. Some of the U-turns were pretty sketchy and there's just a, a few guys who weren't really working together, but it was still like three pretty much distinct packs and then a bunch of people off the back. Um but yeah, so I guess how it played out. Oh, our predictions. Predictions. We did yeah. we did a lot worse for this one. I Great. predicted Shaw Perquet. Oh, man, that was awful. Paquet. Paquet. I'm not I'm not French Canadian. Um <laughs> I'm gonna say it the American way. Charles. I predicted him for the win and he pulled through. He was pretty dominant. This was his first race of the year, so he came into it a lot fresher than Jeremy and Dar who I think both came from Super League in London the weekend before, but didn't hamper them too much. They're still on the podium and had great races. So, yeah. I mean, it was a pretty straightforward race. There was a group of about 20-ish guys coming out of the water in the front, and then the transition kind of decided, um, yeah, the packs. It was front pack and then a second pack, and then the third pack was about 40 seconds back. That was the pack I was in. Um but yeah, so one notable thing that did happen is Mike Arashida from the US had a great swim. He was third or fourth out of the water and then dropped his chain in the first K. And I'm not sure if that like caused a little split because he dropped it right before the first U-turn. And that first U-turn was really sketchy. They just repaved part of it. So there's some loose gravelly bits. So he dropped his chain. There was that U-turn. And there's all these people like with varying like positionings and stuff coming out of the swim. So I think that was probably the decision point. I didn't see it, but there was about seven or eight guys in the front pack. And then partway through, I think two of them fell off. Um, one of the younger Americans, I think just didn't have the bike legs um, and he kind of fell back. But Mark Dubrick was up there. That was Jeremy's prediction um, for the win. So he was looking really strong, great swim. And uh, yeah, uh, KO Cruz from the US, who me or who Jeremy predicted on the podium was in the second 
yeah, he was 10th, but he was in the second pack on the bike. So he was in that front group out of the water, but just didn't make it in that split. And then um, Nick Holmes and Ada, who I predicted for the podium, were actually in the group with me in the third pack. And they were pretty solid. Ada was actually, I think it was a little bit behind me on the bike. I, I think he came out of the water one second ahead of me because I have him on video coming out right ahead of me. But then I might have had a better transition than him, and I just smashed that first five minutes on the bike. I was, like, up to my eyeballs in lactic acid um, on that first five minutes. But, um, yeah, it was, a, it was an exciting race. It was cool. I think when it, when it came down to the run, um, Charles just had the best 5K out of anyone in the race, um, first, second, or third pack. And Jeremy and Dar kind of battled it out for a little bit, but Jeremy ended up pulling away. Um, having a little bit more on that last lap of the 5k and then yeah Dar brought it home in uh, third place so yeah that's how it played Sweet. out I'd like to just point out too that I had Jeremy Briand as one of my three people on the podium and he did end up on the podium so that's true I'll take that small win <laughs> and you had him in the right spot too you had him for second yes. that's impressive I'll, but I'll that win. I had Charles for first and he finished first so all right. Oh, <laughs> details, details. Okay, a little competition yeah. within it. But yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was, it, yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, maybe at some point we should start tracking and, and have a point system to see who's doing better overall. Yeah, as we, we go week to week. Yeah, we should have a little competition within the podcast. And you guys can join in as listeners. You can make your own predictions and maybe we'll do something on Instagram with that. That would be cool. But anyways, that's pretty much how the race has happened. If you want to see some footage from the race, we actually had the it pod crew out there and we filmed some short highlights of the men's and women's race so you can see katie dominating it and you can see the men's race unfold how it did and yeah that's up on our youtube channels they're getting really good reception um, from athletes we're getting a lot of really good feedback and it was nice seeing people um, at this race some of whom listened to the show and it was really nice just hearing that and if you're listening to this episode and you saw me at the race and said something, it means the world to me. It was super nice. And uh, yeah, go watch those highlight videos. We'll put the link in this description. And if you're watching this on YouTube, we'll put the links to those videos in that um, description as well. But yeah, we just have two more races um, this next weekend, just Continental Cups. So we're going to just do a brief overview of them. We're going to start with the Asian Triathlon Cup in Subic Bay in the Philippines. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't know a ton of the athletes who are starting this race. A lot of athletes from Japan, Hong Kong, and China, but one athlete who I will shout out because we mentioned him on a previous episode was Panagiotis Bitados from Greece. He's a young, young guy born in 2003, and he was second at an Olympic distance African cup, um, second to Jamie Riddle. And he was pretty much going toe-to-toe with Jamie the whole time. So I think he's going to be on the podium, and that's all I have to say about that. Jeremy? Yeah, he, he is coming ranked 28th into this race, and so he's definitely got to prove himself. But I, I do agree, he did really well in that one other race he's done. And so uh, he has good potential. Uh, I, I will just mention, just because he is coming ranked first into this race, Ren Sato from mm-hmm. Japan is yeah. the number one ranked athlete. And so obviously we expect him to to race well as in this one yeah ren's definitely a more experienced athlete uh of the japanese guys so solid high ranked 
But you never know with these races. I always say there could be some young person who none of us know about yet and they could be on the podium. It was like, yeah, yeah like Panagotis from Greece. He hadn't had any world triathlon starts. He came from more of like an off-road background and he was on the podium at his first race. So that's my prediction. Someone who we have no idea who they are is going to be on the podium um, for this race. And then in the women's race, we have another really experienced athlete, Char McShane from Australia. She's been on the scene for a while racing at the World Series level. And my only thought on this is because she's racing this Continental Cup, I want to say the Australian women's team is getting a lot deeper um, as of late. Like there's a lot more young athletes coming up. So I think maybe one of the reasons why a more experienced athlete like Char McShane is doing this race is because she needs the points to stay up there in the world ranking because there's so many young Australian um, ladies coming up the the rankings. So it'll be interesting to see how she performs. And uh, Sakura Nakayama from Japan, one of those young Japanese athletes ranked number one, as well as a bunch of Slovakian athletes in this race. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, and the only other thing I'll point out from these two races is super big fields on both the men's and the mm -hmm. women's side. Men's side has 66 people right now, and the women's has almost 50. And yeah. so that'll also make it for some really intense and fun racing, I think, for, for all the athletes. Yeah, definitely. And one little side note for listeners who don't know, uh, Continental Cup races have the highest field capacity. So you can have the most athletes potentially in these Continental Cup races, more than World Cups and more than World Series. So... Yeah, it just makes it for a lot more interesting and a lot more possibilities for uh, what could happen. But yeah. Sweet. Move on to the next one. Yeah, so the next one is the America's Triathlon Cup in Salinas, Ecuador. And I got to shout out my homie Juan Jose from Ecuador. He's a dad, he's a dentist, and he's top 100 in the world of the triathlon. <laughs> that, should, that should be his Instagram bio. I don't think it is. Um, but I'll, I'll message him. Um, he's number, I guess he's ranked number two in this race. The number one athlete pulled off the start list, but he's super solid home race for him. Um, home country at least. And yeah, I, I think he'll perform well. We also have a couple Canadians coming down. Uh, Jeremy, what do you, what do you think about the Canadians chances? They're always good. Um, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe coming down from that Canadian winter, the, the Ecuador, I actually don't know what the, the weather is like in Ecuador right now. It's but, probably hot. Yeah. You know. Oh, okay. So that's that's my only uncertainty. But otherwise, the Canadians are always ready. Yeah, well. that's true. Uh, Brody Marshall was actually in Missouri. Um, and I'm not sure if Liam Sweet. was. Let me see if Liam was. Um, but he was not. He was no. at New Plymouth. He was not. Uh, so maybe Liam is going to smash this race. Maybe. Coming in fresh. Yeah, coming in fresh. Um, yeah, so we'll see. That's going to be an exciting one. Um, interesting to see a little bit smaller field than those than those asian cup races um yeah south america is just it's tough to get to as an american like they lump north and south america into one continent for the rankings but it's really far like south america is really far to get to especially for like canada and the u.s it's not just right below north america it's like down into the right i guess if you're looking at a traditional map down into the east so there's time zone changes and a different climate and it's it's tricky 
But yeah, and there's so many South American athletes who are really awesome. I think they should be their own continent in the rankings. I think that would be cool. I think it's time. I think in the past there wasn't as many, but now we're just seeing so many good South American athletes come up. I think, I don't know, we can split it now, but I don't make the rules. I just abide by them. So yeah, moving on to the to the women's race. I don't know why I went off on that tangent. I like it. I love the tangent. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, the women's race, uh, we have another Ecuadorian. We're in the number one, Elizabeth Bravo. Definitely a lot more of an experienced athlete in this race. And yeah, maybe she'll come away with a win. Uh, it's always a little pep in your step when it's your home country. And uh, yeah, Leslie Alvarez from Cuba is also racing, wearing number two. And Cecilia Perez from Mexico is wearing number three. So maybe those athletes will shine and take the podium, or maybe it'll be someone else who we don't know yet. Who knows? Yeah, I was just looking at Elizabeth Bravo, who is coming in ranked number one in this race. She This is our first race in 2023. Mm-hmm. She raced last in November of 2022 with a second place finish at the America's Triathlon Cup in Manta. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how she does in her debut for, for the year. Yeah, I'm going to say Paula Diaz from Mexico might be on the podium. She was on the podium this year in La Paz, Mexico and had a blistering fast run. She... She ran 34.58 for the 10K, which I think was a minute faster than the next fastest um, athlete at that race. So I I think she can definitely be in a shot for the podium, even though she's a little bit further back in the rankings. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm taking a look at the results right now. There was one person that was two seconds behind her, uh, Paolo Diaz. It was, the next athlete was Luisa Daniela. Oh, but yeah. after that, yeah. after that, there was a minute gap to anyone else in the field. And so, yeah, she's definitely yeah, yeah. a very strong runner and will we'll hopefully show that uh, at this race in Ecuador. Yeah, for sure. Um, but these are both sprint distance races. I forgot to ask, the, uh, I forgot to mention in uh, the Philippines and here in Ecuador. So sprint races also just add a little bit more variability to it because there's not as much time for you to like fix a mistake. If you something went bad in the swim or like on the bike, if something goes wrong, it's just, it's like less than an hour. So yeah, anything can happen and it'll be exciting to see what comes to these races. We'll definitely go over the results next week in our next news episode, but yeah, Jeremy, any closing thoughts on this week in triathlon? No, all I'll say is that I'm excited for our next set of predictions. We should uh, we should set that up more formally. Yeah, we will. We'll definitely write them down and uh, maybe come up with a contest. And then uh, we'll put them on Instagram to you. That would be good. That would be good if we that put them on good. Instagram. But yeah. Um, yeah, the only thing I have to mention is if you have any questions for us, for me or Jeremy, anything about the triathlon world, um, you could DM us on Instagram. You could email us. Our email is in the description. And we'd be happy to answer your questions at the end of the video. I think it would be cool to start a little mini Q&A segment at the end of this. That would be fun. Um, Just to see what you guys are thinking in the triathlon world. But yeah, other than that, I think we're good to go. Absolutely. Sweet. Thanks, Jeremy. All right. See you. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to that episode of the International Triathlon Podcast. I really appreciate you listening and following along with us and growing the sport of short course triathlon. If you could do three things before you go listen to another episode, 
please follow us on Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you're listening on Apple Podcast, if you could leave us a review, that helps the show grow and get out there to more people. We're just trying to grow this sport of short course triathlon and draft legal racing. So doing those three things really helps us grow. I appreciate you so much. And thanks again so much for watching. And as always, let's keep talking about it.